Hello, hello. Welcome to the 27th installment of the Threadwork Podcast. I am your host, Ross Kale, and I couldn't be more pleased you've chosen to listen in. It's very kind of you. Remind me to give you my last Rolo when next we see each other. For those new to Threadwork, then let me quickly tell you that it's an ongoing podcast that seeks to work out just what it is that links together all the music I love and that of the occasional guests that join me. But also it's an ongoing love letter to music that allows me the opportunity to play what I believe are amazing music uh, and or chat to people that I respect about themselves and their relationship to music. Previous guests have included Jeffrey Lewis, Colleen Cosmo Murphy and Eden Blackman. But for this installment, I'm joined by Jack and Lily Walter, who, along with their two bandmates, Jack Salter and Becky Redford, comprise the excellent band Penelope Isles. Frequent listeners will have heard me gushing about Penelope Isles for about a year on and off, but by a weird quirk of how Threadwork episodes are usually constructed, which tends to be thematically, I've not yet actually played any of their music on a show. I came across Penelope Isles about a year or so ago when I heard their self-released work, probably via Spotify, in the form of the track Cut Your Hair. To say it was love at first listen is understating it. I fell for that track hard and fast and must have racked up about 10 or so listens in 24 hours. It just ticked all of my indie alternative boxes and sent me on a Bandcamp mission to see if anything else was out there. And to my delight there was. Their debut self-released LP, Comfortably Swell, and a couple of other odds and ends, all of which I bought on the spot. Anyway, sometime shortly after that, I saw that they were touring in support of the amazing BC Camp Light, and so it was a no-brainer to go and see the two bands that I loved in a wanna. I thought I'd chance my arm and ask if they fancied having a chat for the podcast. They graciously accepted, and that's what you were about to hear once I stopped yakking on in this intro. The conversation was recorded back in November 2018 in the cafe area of Rough Trade Bristol, pre-gig, and so there's rather a lot of background noise on the recording. Producer Bod and I have done our best to tidy it up, but in reality I think it suits the nature of the conversation, and hopefully you won't find it too distracting. And you'll enjoy hearing Jack and Lily's views on a number of topics, including their formative musical experiences, their relationship as siblings through the prism of music, their writing process for Penelope Isles, and drawing the parallels between heavy metal and dubstep. And as a bonus, at the end of the conversation is a live recording of the set they played that very night in Rough Trade, which the band have kindly allowed us to present here on the episode. A quick bit of admin and then we'll get on with it. This instalment, like all of them, comes complete with episode notes, which contain useful links to purchase the music spoken about throughout the episode, including Penelope Isles' Bella Union debut album, uh, Until the Tide Creeps In, which was released yesterday at the time of writing, 12th of July 2019. My pre-ordered copy arrived a couple of days early and was immediately lifted by my nine-year-old son and hasn't left his stereo since. Thank goodness for Bandcamp, streaming is all I can say, as this means I've actually had a chance to listen to it a couple of times already, and unsurprisingly, it's really, really good. Massive congratulations and high fives all round to Jack, Lily, and the rest of the Penelope Isles crew. You can get in contact with me via Twitter, at Ross Kale, and Instagram, at Ross Kale underscore Threadwork, or via the Threadwork.net website. And please consider subscribing to, rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast if you feel like it. But right now, let's get on with episode 27, leading off as is customary for third work by asking Jack and Lily when they first became aware of music. I remember my first time was um, Lily and I grew up in a pub. Well, when we moved to the Isle of Man, I was eight and Lily's two, so she actually can't really remember it. But yeah, lived in a pub and then I remember the Rolling Stones was on and my mum was teaching me how to dance. She was like, you kind of have to Hear the, hear the music and move with the music. That was the first kind of, that was the first oh. time I can remember. Oh, that's so, that's so, like lovely in such a kind of romanticised way to look at it. Yeah. Mine, mine, I think uh, I was a lot older. I don't think I had that kind of like same thing. I think I was about seven, and Jack used to play the saxophone, and um, he was like. I'm, he passed it around the living room. All our family were in our living room one evening. Passed it around and gave everyone a go and see if anyone could like blow a note. And I was the only one, and I was seven years old. And then I started having sax lessons like every Thursday for about ten. Grade years. eight jazz. Grade eight jazz hands. Excellent. So yeah, I think probably playing the saxophone from an early age. What about the relationship between yourselves with the music? So were you bringing things in and going right, listen to this? 
Were you kind of going, no, 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 you need to listen to this? How was the... I, yeah, I think, well, well me and Jack had, hadn't always been so close because we were six years apart. So when he went to uni, I think it was, um, and I kind of did my own bit of growing up, then Jack would be like, he actually, I think you got me like an iPod shuffle or something and then like just um, put a load of good music on it for me and that's how it kind of began and then ever since then it's, we've just been showing yeah, I think Show Lily probably music. shows me more bands now than yeah. But then, but very much so the opposite way around for years and years. And yeah. so, what was? Do you remember the first thing that Jack brought to you? Just said, right, listen to this. I remember you uploading loads of songs. You're like, I'll sort you out. Yeah, got, that, got like me an iPod tunes. shuffle. About thirty songs, obviously, like on the shuffle, so you I never know what you're gonna get. And on there was Get Cape Where Cape Fly. Oh yeah, cool. Get Cape Where Cape Fly. Load of Paramore. Nice. Um, load of like uh, Panic at the Disco, Kook's first album, Inside Outside, great yeah. album. And then, um, yeah, I, to be honest, I don't think there was, a, I wish it could be, I wish I was sat here going, Bob Dylan, David Bowie. But it wasn't, it was like McFly, Busted, and all the absolute pop bangers. Yeah, but that's it, that's, that's the point though, isn't it? It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter, it, well, I don't think it matters what you get into. There's no kind of like, oh, there's a cool quota that you have to oh, kind of hear or anything yeah. like that. So if you were introducing Lily to stuff, how were you introduced to stuff? So who, like, mm. was, that, sure. was, there, was there more in your family? Was there lots of music running in your family? I mean, family? yeah, like, mum and dad have always been, have always played me, like, especially, like, especially mum yeah. has always had tunes on, like, all around the house, like, she was well into her, like, you know, like, multi-disc CD thing that she had, so there was yeah. always, like, six records going on all the time, and, um, yeah, quite, a, it, quite a, like, weird way of listening to, well, not weird, but it was always, like, on shuffle. Yes. Always. So, like, you had, always like, six, six CDs. On shuffle, so you'd, like, you wouldn't ever really listen to an album, like, start to finish, it would yeah. always be, like, random stuff. And they had one of those in the pub as well, so I think oh, really? that was okay. always, like, a kind of, it was always, like, a playlist vibe. Mum probably is the reason why we're so into music, like, she... She got us into the magic numbers, the thrills. Yeah, mum's like, check this band out. They're called Thrills, and I was like, nah, it's rubbish. <laughs> and then like, literally like a month later, it's just like, oh, this is the best. Next thing you know, you two are going off to Manchester to watch them yeah, play yeah, totally. like, together. But yeah, lo loads of like, yeah, loads of our favourite bands. Steely like, Dan, Hal. Yeah, yeah mum probably, like, my mum was kind of introduced. Was she a musician as well? Or? Nah. I think she strummed the old guitar when Just she was a music younger. lover. She, they both are. She totally played guitar though when she was a kid. Yeah. And like, she, you know, she can sing like. Yeah, yeah. She, she can hold a good tune. But yeah, part, probably part of the reason why we named our band after her. She's the mother of it all.
So were you always into the same thing? So clearly you introduced each other uh, to music, but, but quite often people forge their own paths musically. Were there times where you were just like, no, don't like what you're playing, don't like what you're playing, or was it always sort of conjoined in regards to your tastes? I think, yeah, I think we've been pretty tight. We've all, yeah, we've always kind of been together with our with I music. Think like the, I think the age gap, I think Lily's probably, especially when she was a bit younger, and. I came home from uni and then I was just like, right, learn the, here's a bass guitar, we're starting a band. So like, <laughs> I, I taught Literally, her that's what loads happened. of Pixies and like she was just like doing loads of like Pixies bass stuff and then we started this band. But yeah, I think you've kind of always been like inspired by my Yeah, we, we've always just been like, we've never really... Especially now, like more I, than ever really. I think I had a bit of a... a I had a bit of a dubstep phase <laughs> at, at uni. I, I don't think you've ever kind of ventured. Well, you probably had that phase, and I've, you know, at, at school been into more kind of poppy sing-songwriter thing that I think a lot of, like, 13-year-old girls are into, you know, like singing Sarah Bareilles well, at a like school ABBA. concert and stuff. I don't really like That's ABBA. it. I think that's our one difference. I love ABBA, and Jack doesn't like ABBA. Yeah, and to be honest, I I do, I, I'm a sucker for 80s music, and you aren't. Right. I'm a sucker for it. Why, why do you think that is? What is it about the sound? I think, like, I've just had some really, really amazing good times at in Brighton every Saturday night at an 80s night with like all my mates for like three years and I just love it and Jack probably hasn't had that <laughs> but you've probably had like dubstep nights with yeah, your true. mates and that's why, and I that's like why you love it yeah yeah I guess it's like yeah that kind of recognition with the good times maybe like right. not, like nostalgia or um, yeah I guess like memories like for me yeah I mean dubstep like it's ridiculous. Like, I listen to <laughs> As it if now, we're talking about and it's absolutely right ridiculous. Now. But like, I, I, there's part of me that's just like, yes, because like, I just picture myself in Falmouth Rugby Club. Off your chops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with like with my best mates. And yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's an association. So, so rather yeah. than kind of, I mean, not saying uh, they're exclusive from each other, but rather than, oh, I like this from a musical perspective. It's more of an association of, oh, I was out and about having yeah. an interesting time. Uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> But then also, yeah, like winding in, like, yeah, talking about dubstep. It's funny how we're talking about it, but, but yeah, even, I think for me, like, I like that sound because I used to like quite a lot of heavy music and I still do, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, it's all tension kind of release, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, just like that metally, like, half-time kind of just like, like, rawness. I, I think, also think, like, Jack, actually, speaking about differences, you've definitely got more of a, uh, of a love for, like, metal and... Mm. Um, and that kind of thing. Yeah, you're, smash them like but, death but then, tones. But then you're, then you're, a, you're a guitar player and like, mm. I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of more like melody, yeah. chilled things, so. But all in all, to answer the question briefly, we basically love a lot of the same music and we, we, we like to show each other most things we show each other we love, so. That's brilliant. So what is, what, what have you been, what have you shown each other recently? Oh, well I remember, it wasn't recently, but it was definitely like last summer, a friend of mine showed, introduced me to Andy show. Oh my God. And then yeah. when, it was like one of those moments where I, I was like, Jack, you need to, I went round and I was like, you need to listen, watch this video and listen to this man. And then we absolutely obsessed. I think there's like, I think like music making and, and bands and releases, like there's so much of it now. Like, I think even in the last like kind of 10 years, like last decade, like this is so saturated. There's mm -hmm. like, so I think like to come across someone that really does go like, boom. Like, Just do it for you and you want to know everything like, every, about yeah, them. Yeah, and, and you'd absolutely smash the record. Like, I think that yeah. was, that was really exciting. So yeah. who, who is this artist again? He's, he's called Andy Schauf. Schauf. S-H-A-U-F. He's great, never, never heard His of record, him. The Party, that is... Yeah, it's That's amazing. the one. Right. It's just and was there one track? Is that sorry, man? Apologies. Yeah. Was, it, was that is that an album or is that a single? Or Whole is that, album. What was what was the first track? Because I know that, I know that feeling. That feeling when you're like, oh, the my opening God. track is called the, um, the Magician. The Magician. And like the, the video for it is amazing. This beautiful kind of uh, like collage. Like, yeah, like paper animation. Um, and then the song, just the intro, and then it hits. It's, it's, it's produced it, it, so well as well. He, and, he, and he made it himself, yeah. All, all the instruments played by him, like even the clarinet. So it's, it's sonically like perfect. It's like, perfect. About it, yeah. And the whole and the whole album, he says it's not a concept album, but it kind of basically is. The whole album is about 
one big party and different characters at this party that he's made up. I don't think he like purposely. Like, I think that's why he says it's not a concept album because he he didn't put he didn't like. That wasn't the aim. Off. It just kind he, of resulted yeah, like that. He, yeah. he just he just ended up writing a record with loads of different. But then like when you know that as well, it makes it even more cool to listen to because like he's got all these characters. He's got Jimmy and Cherry and like their relationship and oh, it's just so it's it's beautiful. You've got to listen to it. I will. I will. I absolutely will. What inspired you? Why did you want to start that? Um, I guess there's always been, an, uh, there's always been like a natural like, just has to happen. I think for me personally, I don't know about Lily, but like it's, I think I made a decision long. I don't. Maybe it wasn't even a decision. I just think I've always kind of just. It's just always been something I've had to do. Like on an everyday, mm. it's just part of my everyday thing. It's to, it's to, whether it be. You know, writing or, or recording or just anything band-wise. So I think um, when I came back from uni, um, I, the, a band that I was in kind of fizzled out with a, a load of friends called Tiger Years in Cornwall. And then after that, moved back to the Isle of Man, as you do when you well, you know, moved home after uni. And then Lily and I were getting getting along. Lily actually kind of played in Tiger Years. She she came over and um, and we played. And then I came back to the other man, and we started this little kind of grungy project called like Your Gold Teeth. Um, and then yeah, ever, ever since leaving home at 18, there's always been a, a band on the go. Um, and then so yeah, so I was only I think seven, I was just 17 when we started that Your Gold Teeth. And then when I turned 18, I went to uni in Brighton. And then obviously Jack stayed on the Isle of Man, and I started a little band called Kooky Lou, and that was with Jack and Becky, who played drums and bass, oh. drums and bass and guitar and piano piano. And so, but we were much more of a stripped back kind of like. Acoustic. Um, what we didn't gig at much at all. I think we probably did like five gigs or something. But we just had like, lots of harmonies and writing songs and. And then uh, Jack moved to Brighton and then joined Cookie Lou and we kind of transformed it and made it more of a, uh, a kind of thing and turned it into Penelope Ours and he added all of his songs from his solo project. Yeah, we just combined forces. We combined, basically. yeah. I think, and then moving to, moving to Brighton to kind of make it, you know, like join like a kind of vibrant scene. But yeah, I think, it's, I think being in a band has just always been like a, just a given, kind of, you know, it's like waking mm. up and... I don't know, whatever you do, like, um, I wish it was, like, properly work. I guess it nearly is work, like, just, just to make it, like, you know, wake up and have a coffee. It's like you wake up and be in a band, I guess. That sounds really <laughs> yeah. cheesy, but it's kind no, of how true. it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, for us, it's like kind of, as probably a lot of our friends who are musicians, like, there, there is, it's just the only thing for us, really. It's, a, it's not a... 
and then it kind of makes me feel that like we don't even like have jobs really because this is our job because yeah. it's funny it's like an obsession I think as well it's, it is it is obsessive and I think it, it, sometimes that can be annoying you know it, it, can, it can be frustrating it can be like you know because there's yeah, sometimes you can get annoyed with it, which is weird because it's something that you love doing, but I think that's a good thing because I think then you kind of appreciate when yeah. it's good. I think a lot of the time when we're like 13 hours in a van and everyone smells or we're hungover and we haven't made any money or it's been a poor turnout, we all just sit and silently think, what the beep are we doing with our lives right now? Why are we not lawyers like Steve? Do you know that Steve is the director of a law firm? Yeah. Sorry. That's fine. Steve, Steve, plays, Steve plays bass in BC Campfire. And we just found out that he's actually... Do you ever need a lawyer? Steve's your man. Okay. So, what about the writing process then? If you talk slightly about the, the, the band itself as well as the music, you know, what, how's the writing process work? I want to get onto the sound of the band in a bit because, you know, as someone who really enjoys it, I've got some questions. I've got some questions, kind of separate to that. But do you enjoy recording? Is that is that kind of like is that a fun part, or is it? That's more Jack's. The recording is like Jack's thing. He's produced our new album. Yeah, I, I've always lo- loved recording. I think, um, and I think Lily and I both write in the same way. We don't actually really write together that often. Like it's only like a small percentage of the songs we've. Yeah songs we've ever written have been together. I think we both kind of work better when we're sol- like yeah. fully on our own. Like, yeah, that's o- right. Otherwise I can't feel like, without the exception of a few times and more times to come I'm sure, but like a lot of my like, I have to kind of be on my own otherwise I feel like a, a bit silly almost. Sure, we, that makes sense. Yeah, we, 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 we often like write stuff and then like it's nearly finished or it needs something else and then we'll jam it and then you know, and sometimes it changes completely. Yeah, like, like structurally together, or something. Yeah. But I think we both write in a in a in a studio situation. So because like yeah. we're from, you know, we're from the kind of like um, bedroom studio kind of era. Like you know, we that's how I feel as though we've always written. Like I know you do as well, but that's how I write. I'll just like set Definitely, up a little yeah. home studio, just have a little kit with one mic on it, and then you know, acoustic yeah. and the bass, and then just kind of write a song by like building it up I think well, like smooth. writing a song with like a notepad is oh I, is, I've like, never been able to do that yeah and and I, sometimes I wish I could because I like, do as well people with all their notepads I know I love that it's so authentic I realistically I think like it's much uh, easier when you're writing a song as you go and you're I, I like to like write a song as I go and then like if I'm halfway I've got it there and I can just like have a break and listen to it and then see what it needs yeah because I think and, in terms of like writing a song uh, and I think the way I like to record is that you're you're writing the kind of the sonic sound of it as well at the For same sure, time yeah. like when you're you know whether you're just using logic and you just like quickly put a plug in on that makes it sound like dead like yeah, spacey absolutely. or like dead dirty or whatever like you can you can create that like straight away and write upon that and I think that's like a really interesting way mm. of writing. Like, I think you very much have the mindset of uh, when you write a song of what everybody's doing in the band. Yeah. You're not yeah, just oh, writing, a, not just writing yeah. like the song but so, like because we're the band is like yeah. takes up so much more time that's our life like now you're just like you can't it's all about what's going on you know I think probably a yeah. lot of bands do that that way as well. So yeah love love the whole recording side of it definitely. And so you touched on the writing part as well. So is it a case of like, <clears throat> do you, is it always on a track by track basis? One of you will have written something and get right, this, we're going to kick this one around now. Or do you build up a body of work and then bring it to each other? Yeah, I guess like both. Really. Yeah, I don't think there's really a kind of like set way. I think like we play a lot of songs that like both of us have written like five years ago or we play a song yeah. that we've written like a few months ago I think yeah we're constantly writing stuff like you know the other day we had a week off tour so Lily had an idea and um, we went to the studio and kind of recorded it Um, so yeah we constantly got these little nuggets little recordings you know like that's on our Dropbox that that we've got we just I guess we're just collecting songs and then some of them are crap some of them fun and then I think yeah I think when it gets to the point that we are getting new songs together with the band then we'll we'll pick like our favorite ones out of the bunch and then learn it it takes a, a long time for us to, to craft a song for for our live show so 
when it does make it, it feels really good to, to be playing like a new, a new song. And we've got so many, like Jack said, we've got so many demos that we listen to in the van and we're like, we should learn this, we should learn this, we should learn this. But yeah, it, a lot of hard work for us. I think harder than a, a lot of other bands. Like I think like bringing it to the band though is like a really, like Lily kind of touched upon, it's quite an interesting like process of, because like, we like to gig it as well, but then I've got, it's got to be good enough to gig. But then it's still you're still kind of crafting the structure when you're gigging it. So it's kind of like yeah. you know you can't you kind of test it and then you bring it back into the rehearsal room and then like change it a bit. And yeah. we like to with our, with our songs like sometimes we love to change it the live version to the studio version. You know. So do you consider one because it's funny you should mention that one of the questions I wanted to ask is um, I've heard other artists refer to like the, the album version or the recorded version yeah. <clears throat> they almost after years of recording and uh, years of gigging and what have you they don't almost recognise yeah. the recorded version because each night they've played it they've For changed sure. something and, and it's something evolved and it's evolved absolutely do you find that as well because you've been kicking these tracks around for a really you know for a, for a significant period of time yeah. gigging 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 do you ever go back to the recorded versions and just go it's not it's, we wouldn't do that one yeah I, I guess mean, chlorine e a bit, e that bit yeah. of chlorine even now like we literally just finished the, the album and we've been working on it for like half a year and like even now, you know, songs are already changing, especially because we've been touring so much recently. Like, yeah, there's a song called Chlorine that we've changed, but I don't know if I'd go back and change it. Yeah, like, no, it's not saying would you go back and change, but it's yeah. almost just that recognizing. It's definitely changed, yeah. like hundred percent, man. And um, but yeah, that's fun, I guess. And I think for us, like, it's got to stay like exciting and new. And I think, you know at the end of the day even though we want people to enjoy it and that's really important but like we we've got to enjoy it as well otherwise it would be like a waste of time small amount of your stuff available oh. to us <laughs> that we get to listen to and uh, and you know without kind of putting people on the spot making people people sound weird I, I really love the music I think it's fantastic I was listening to um, my name my, my recollection for names of things is really awful now but is it comfortably swells or comfortable yeah. swell right comfortably, comfortably swell right a com right I'm adding an s doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't even exist in there so for me, I'm not. I try my hardest not to compare things to other things, but there's so many sounds in there. It's like it's heartbreaking. You listen to it; it's absolutely heartbreaking oh. at times. Melodies, melodically, it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely amazing. But what? So can you? Do you? Are there not conscious threads? It's not like right. We're going to pull this from there, that from there, and what have you. How does that all come together? Do you, can you see various influences from what you listen to yourselves manifesting, or? I think like a really boring answer is like no, like to be honest, like, I think, and that's something that I've always wondered, like I don't, it's never, I mean maybe in the production side of it, like we obviously were inspired by certain sounding records, so I think more, yeah, maybe that isn't the answer, maybe the answer isn't no, but like I think in terms of writing it, like it's very, like it's always a natural kind of kind of comes from inside there's never I don't think we ever like go oh, I want the, something from that tune or something from that tune and let's make it our own tune I feel as though it doesn't really work like that but yeah maybe in the production actually like I we get inspired by like definitely but I also think your style of produ produ 
pro- producing is very as a, is a very in the moment kind of style, and it's very like, yeah. which is also another reason why we prefer to record ourselves and uh, as opposed to in a studio with a producer, no matter how awesome and amazing it all is. Yeah, we've had some really amazing times. Like we we did a couple of sessions with. Um, in, in studios with other producers and we really enjoyed it but in terms of like you know making something that was we were going to be totally and utterly like happy yeah. with and proud of like we just had to do it ourselves we have to have like kind of uh, no time limit uh, and the time to be able to uh, change and experiment a little bit more and yeah. you know into the early hours I think that's the way we like to do it I think so. like comfort- comfortably swell was like I think I've learned a lot since then in terms of like putting music together like in a studio so it was a kind of like really happy with it but it's definitely a super like lo-fi kind of raw kind of sounding album and like we 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 love that in other records so I guess that's something that I you know we took <laughs> sorry um, that's funny I just looked over and see Jack Sowen who's our drummer he's constantly eating a packet of ham <laughs> <laughs> this point the venue where we were recording was starting to fill up and the noise levels were increasing jack salton and becky redford from the band joined us and just as we were about to resume the interview jack and lily's parents mike and penny made a surprise appearance much to the delight of jack and lily hilarity hugs kisses and oh my gods ensued and eventually once everyone had calmed down a bit we all crowded back round the table again to finish off the conversation right final question then what is it that you think, you can answer this individually or together or whichever, what is it that you think links together all of the different music that you like? So you've touched on lots of different styles from dubstep to metal to um, singer-songwriter stuff to 80s and all the rest yeah. of it. So, and obviously the influences of your mum that you spoke about at the beginning. Yeah. Do, you, do you think there's anything that links it all together? I mean, I, per- I personally think, obviously, like emo- emotions, like feelings, like that's for me the number one, you know, whether you know whether it's like you're feeling excited about it or feeling like horrendously upset about it when you know if you hear something or if you feel 
you know, like, um, yeah, I think so for me, like, feelings connects it all massively. Um, yeah, that's what I think connects music. I think, yeah, I can't really disagree. Something that inspires emotion. Yeah, and yeah totally. Something that makes you feel like anything, like, you know. Cause, um, Everyone likes a good cry. I think. I think. Like. I think. I think. When. When music and. Yeah. When you listen to something, you know, whether even whether it's live or in the studio, I think that that's fucking powerful. You know, if, if something can make you physically, your body physically, like, you know, cry. That's amazing. So yeah, I think. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I've taken up more than enough of your time. Thank you so Thanks, much. Man. I love, love, and uh, and and surprise visit from <laughs> from the lady that inspired it all. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing oh. scenes. There you go. Mum's getting emotional. <laughs> are, are you going to be a proud parent crying in the gig and I'm stuff? I'm always a proud parent. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much. I'm looking forward to the gig later. Nice one, guys. Nice nice cheers. Cheers. Penelope Isles there. Many thanks to Jack and Lily for their time. It was great to get a chance to chat with them. Their album, When the Tide Creeps In, is out now on Bella Union and links to purchase it can be found in the episode notes of this podcast. Highly recommended. That would normally be about it for this episode of Threadwork, but as mentioned in the intro, you can now hear the live set recorded immediately after the conversation you just heard. What a bonus. Huge thanks to producer Bod for invaluable production wizardry, and we'll be back soon with another episode of Threadwork. I've been Ross Kale, and we're going to leave you with Penelope Isles recorded live in Bristol on the 1st of November 2018. Until next time, cheers.
This next song we're dedicating to a friend of ours who had a pretty shit night last night. Oh uh, yeah, so I won't go into it, but we love you, Tom. We hope you're okay. Yes. This one's for you, it's called Chlorine. This one's about our Uncle Nigel. Naughty Uncle Nigel. Did a naughty thing. <laughs> Nothing to do with chlorine though. Don't think it's a weird, weird thing, you know? We can't say. Jack can't talk about it. Buy a t-shirt, we'll tell you. <laughs> tried to surprise us but um, me and Jack couldn't find a parking space so we were like cruising around Bristol for like 45 minutes and then we stopped at a zebra crossing and I was like shit that, look, that looks so much like the old man <laughs> and then like oh my god that is mom and dad drove past them and I was just like busted but um, yeah that's awesome guys thanks for coming up thanks but we caught you
Just having a little guitar swap here.
there's no 